welcome to Mind Crime Minutes Show. He's Ben Dobson and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss is contraception murder. Tim. There are three things I'd like to do with this episode. One, reevaluate one's position on abortion. Two, reevaluate one's position on murder. Or three, of course, reevaluate one's position on contraception, which is the title of this episode here. The pro-life movement likes to use the word murder to describe abortion, and I'm just going to try to expand it back into time, so to speak, to the state of contraception and the issues surrounding contraception. The pro-life movement likes to argue, and I think they're, at times you could say they're using an idiosyncratic usage of the word murder, uh, that abortion is murder. And I think they've made a persuasive case that like late-term abortion is basically as if murder. And people like Peter Singer, who are probably more logically consistent than a lot of the pro-choice people, would go full infanticide and just argue that infanticide is also murder as if, if abortion is fine, then infanticide is also fine. So in order to do this, I to try to t- try to start from the top and then work backwards. I'm going to start with the, like the classic case of murder, murder. You know, if Whoopi Goldberg has the claim rape, rape, I think we have murder, murder, and then murder. So the murder, murder is killing number five, killing an independent adult of the protected or the main class who is innocent enough. Again, I'm not talking about slaves. I'm not talking about serfs. I'm not talking about assassination. I'm not talking about self-defense. I'm, t- I'm not talking about the death penalty either. What I'm talking about is just the sort of classic vanilla case of going after a productive, established adult and just cold blood killing him for whatever reason. Um, the, 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 seems innocent enough. Again, you get into the Calvinist, Augustinian things about guilt and so forth. Uh, you know, Tom, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie, the movie uh, Blood Diamonds, you know, everyone's guilty. You know, maybe that's the case. But, um, uh, you know, in this case, it seems like, you know, this guy, person dies, the world's worse off because, you know, he's probably has people dependent on him. So now the question is, is killing, the next question is, is killing a child or dependent or letting them die like this case number, this, this clear cut case? Well, I'd say there's a lot of similarities between the two. You know, if I kill a 10-year-old child, you could see him potentially becoming a productive, established adult, or uh, that, that, that seems reasonable here. Um, if, I, if, I kill a, if I kill a five-year-old child, again, the potential is still there for them to become a productive, established, independent adult. Now, now we're going to get into it. Now, letting them die versus, versus killing them is a key difference. If I drove you out in the deserts with him and just kicked you out of the car, you know, let's say it's on a hot night with no food, I think you'd there'd be basically as if murder. It's not quite murder. Um, you know, if I took you up in a plane or if I if I, and I knew how to fly and I just, you know, said, I'm just going to fall asleep here, you know, I'd say I'd taken on a positive obligation to take care of you in this plane when I took off. And, you know, again, maybe if I get a heart attack and I happen to die, that's not murder. That's more like, uh, you know, but Hammurabi's code, like, you know, if you build a house and uh, the house falls apart and you had some role in insufficiently building the house, that is sort of like murder here. Now, what's this long aside about letting versus die and positive obligations versus murder? Well, I'm going to move up the scales here. So... Is abortion murder? I'm talking about that fetus or the global cells or that potential person inside the womb. Again, this goes to my opening comments about the pro-life movement. The 
pro-life movement likes to argue that's murder. So is that is that analogous with number five? I have a number of them things here in my own document, my own notes here. And is that analogous with, with killing that independent doll? Well, I'd say, well, in the same sense that a child could potentially become a, a, a adult, the, 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 the fetus in the womb could potentially become an adult. And the pro-life movement, I think, to be consistent has, and some people are critical of this when politicians say that, you know, should the mother get the death penalty if, if she kills her child? Well, if she, if she takes a pillow to her infant, we think that's murder. If you take a pillow to a five-year-old, we think that's murder. If you take the pillow to a 25-year-old adult, we think that's murder. So so I think the next logical question to ask, if you're going to say that abortion is murder, whatever punishment you give to that, that murder, um, whether it be the death penalty, again, you could take the punishment abolition position, which is basically states that, you know, murder might be a morally heinous, but here on earth, we don't punish people for murder. Again, we've done episodes on the death penalty. We've done an episode on the punishment theory. I'm not here to flesh out that. But I think to be consistent, whatever punishment, you, you, if you think it's an analogous thing, killing an adult, 25-year-old, 35-year-old male, female, whatever, Not again, not slaves, not mentally handicapped people, not, not self-defense. I just want to clarify what it isn't. And not wars either. If you think it's an analogous thing, then you have to give the same analogous punishment. So I think the next question, and I think this is a reductio absurdium, some people would accuse me, but I think it's logical, and I don't think this gets much discussed. I think it's somewhat strategic by some people for not discussing it, although the Catholics know it's dodgy and for years have known it's dodgy, and the early church, again, the early church did not have access to the contraception we do today, but if you ask someone like Augustine, I'm, I'm, he seems to argue that contraception is... Um, uh, Murder, or at least at least, at least it appears it. You make your I'm quoting Augustine here. You you Manichaeans make your your auditors adulterers of their wives when they take care lest the women with whom they co populate conceive. They take wives according to the laws of matrimony by tablets, announcing that marriage is contracted to procreate, procreate children. And then, fearing because of your law, they co populate in shameful union only to satisfy lust for their wives. They're unwilling to have children on whose account. Alone, a marriages are, are made. How is it then? Are you are not those prohibiting marriage as the apostle predicted of you so long ago? When you try to take marriage from what marriage is, when this is taken away, husbands are shameful lovers, wives are harlots, bridal shamers are brothels, father-in-laws are pimps. Wow. I mean, again, I don't know how that's that's Augustine there. So, so, so contraception again, contraception, effective contraception is a modern technology. Historical contraceptions are dodgy. Again, and again, the pulling out method, as described, is viewed somewhat shamefully. And again, that requires some amount of experience too. Um, so, con is contraception, either, i.e., preventing a child, um, a kind of murder here? You know, um, or is this just a is this just the wrong use of word here? Is it a less ideal scenario at minimum here? Um, again, the Catholic Church seems to argue that natural family planning is seemingly okay, but is it the ideal here? Again, so you might not want to say it's it's it, it's murder, but it, it seems at least to be murder an analogous. And then if you if you think contraception's okay, why not think abortion is also okay? Now you could say, well, this is a distinction here. So I'm going to use an example of a table. We know how to make tables. We're not savages. We're not, we're not like those Sengalese 
here who he might not know the uses of this table or this advanced technology here. If you if you if you make a table, okay, and right before it goes out the workshop, you, you, you destroy it. Versus if you purposely sabotage an early piece of the beginning of the table, make the table, but then when the table, like at some point when the table is trying to form, it just falls apart and you're just making the table, you're just practicing making the table. What really is the difference? The table doesn't get formed. You're still doing through all the process of it. One, one, one table maker will just destroy the table. He'll use all the correct methods. The other table maker will make, make the nails, use fake nails or something like that. Um, that to me to, is the di difference between abortion and contraception. Now, again, my position is the extreme position, uh, but it, 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 one of the things I think is interesting here is people don't seem to, the pro-life movement is somewhat morally comp compromised, unless you're speaking of like the Quiverful movement or the Amish or like Catholics who don't, who only use natural family planning. Because it does, unlike the traditional pro-life movement, which, you know, again, they don't, they're not even sure if abortion is murder if they want to give the punishment. They get annoyed when people start logically. Trump said that. And people get, you know, Christian women get annoyed when Trump said that. But it's the logical position if you think it's the same thing. So it's worth it here. I've, I've, I've made a case here that I think contraception, if, if you think abortion is murder, again, you could go into usage of words type debates here. But if you make it the usage of words, then it's like a different type of crime or a different type of, we'll say, misdemeanor here. It's like the difference between letting die or ceasing to form. But... It seems like you have to evaluate the other things then if you're going to make that claim. So that's my that's my opening marks here. I made some, brought in Augustine, some early Christians. It was the logic of the case. What do you make of my case? Like, again, I don't have a skin in the game in this case. It's somewhat a hypothetical imperative, as the Randians would say. You know, we live in a world where abortion, if you're going to ask the state ruling courts, most state ruling courts think abortion is a health procedure. So, like, this is just the, what the law is. I mean, you know, like... You know, if you don't like the reductio absurdum, you should be then appreciate the fact that the law allows other things too. Well, so then what do you make in my case? You know, is it at least analogous here? So I, think I don't think so. And and also just a note with the law, um, the law is schizophrenic on this issue because if I shoot dead a pregnant woman, I'll be uh, tried for double homicide. Um, so, although uh, depending where, I don't know which trimester would count. Probably not the first, but maybe the second. Definitely. I'd be high surprised if it's not the third. It could be the second. I'm not sure. Um, so the the law is schizophrenic on on the matter. Um, your point with respect to um, you know what it what something can develop into uh, is an interesting one. But you, I think one needs to distinguish um, what you could refer to as inbuilt directedness uh, as as a, as a as a unit unified substance and um someone acting on the outside to make it happen so um to be sort of like a person uh boethius defines it as a an individual with an individual substance with a rational nature or something like that I, I i may have butchered that slightly no rational nature yeah um and so the question arises um, is when does the individual substance, which is rational, begin? Um, and it seems pretty clear from biology that there's a 
when the zygote is formed, there is an individual nucleus which directs the development of the um, human organism, um, which is categorically different from sperm and eggs because um, they don't have that sort of on in themselves the directedness to uh, mature into an adult human. Now, if they have a directedness to um, to create one, you could argue, and that would be true, but it's not an individual substance at that point. It's kind of two separate ones as part of a man and a woman. So it's not actually um, a, an, another substance as such. You haven't got a new unified sort of organism which can sort of direct its own development. That's not to say that you, you don't need out the uterine function or whatever to uh, send hormones and help the development of the human organism. Uh, but that once you have the, the nucleus and the cell DNA, um, it, it has this sort of, it exhibits uh, this inbuilt directedness that it otherwise, to, to develop into a mature human, which it doesn't have um, as separate sperm and egg. So on that basis, I do not think it is preventing conception is the same as murdering. Um, and the Catholics would agree with that as well. Um, but they would then argue that, um, well, I just think about the natural end, as it were, you know, what, what sperm and eggs are, are directed to. So they would make the classic, well, at least Ed Fazer would, uh, John Scalco, um, others. Um, oh, interesting, uh, a Protestant uh, who's a natural law sort of theorist, uh, Timothy Xiao, I think is what pronounced his name, um, would make the argument that um, what you're doing, or, or versions of this, Scalco's is a bit different, but I'm not familiar with his as much, um, is that um, in contraception, what you're doing is you're using the sex organs, but deliberately frustrating their goal, and therefore is kind of immoral in that basis. Because um, you are, Scalco makes the uh, analogy to lying, actually. Uh, which is maybe not what you might think you refer to here, but Scalco would make the claim that you are using your um, speech, which is just what it is, is to, uh, at least in part, to disclose, uh, to, to make sort of rational argument and disclose the contents of one mind, one's mind. And then if you deliberately lie, uh, you are working contrary to the goal of speech and therefore is immoral. Um, and so the same thing would apply to contraception. Although, as you noted, natural family planning is okay because, well, according to um, the Catholic position, because, well, you're you're not direct, deliberately frustrating, you're doing it as it is intended biologically. It's just that it won't result in conception, which then I think creates a difficulty for them because if in principle you knew when your wife was not fertile and there was 0% chance of conception, in principle you could engage in natural family planning and have zero children, which is a position they would not like, And but they may have other independent grounds for arguing against it. Um, but um, have it, focusing narrowly on that, I think you could say misses the point and the, the problem when it comes to um, contraception. Um, as my response to sort of um, Scalco and Xiao, um, 
So they make the claim that uh, sex organs are clearly directed to uh, procreation. They would um, recognize that sex has sort of like a unit of function. This is classically uh, recognized that it sort of brings husband and wife together in some sense because it completes both of them. Uh, but they say this in a sense is parasitic, although that's probably unfair, but logically depends on the procreative function. They can't work independently. Um, and as well, um, Xiao, etc., would also say, you know, if you accept um, contraception, then the evangelical Protestants who are pro-contraception have no, in principle, uh, argument against homosexuality because, well, okay, isn't gay sex just uh, unitive in the same way that heterosexual sex is? Um, so they would push, they would push there as well as another way you could go. Um, so uh, I was thinking about this and I'm thinking, well, there's what you could make the case for, and this is why uh, deliberately non-procreative sex isn't necessarily against the goal of sexual interaction, is that you you could kind of make an idea that there's kind of like the psychological unitive function, which is the one that everyone tends to talk about. But then there's also uh, what you could refer to as the biological uh, unitive function. That is, um, nature intends that babies are born, but the goal isn't just that babies are born, but that babies survive. Uh, and with humans, babies require a lot of resources. Um, and to get those resources, you basically need the parents, in most cases in the absence of the state, to be together so that the resources can be provided for the child so they can survive. Um, during sex, oxytocin is released, which which um, binds uh, partners together. Uh, so there was a study which is cited in um, Psychology Today, um, which stated that basically the more... Uh, sexual contact with one person, uh, a wife or husband or whatever, um, you have a higher level of oxytocin, which uh, reduces the probability of having sex with somebody else. And now the reason why that might be useful is, of course, if you only have one set of children with one woman, then you're more likely as a husband to devote your resources to them. And so the child will survive. So I think you can make the case that, yes, the sex organs are clearly directed towards producing children, but they're also directed towards bringing uh, husband and wife together, not necessarily for their own psychological well-being, but for the child's well-being. And so on that basis, you could make the claim that non-procreative sex isn't contrary to the um, uh, function of, um, of sex. It's merely realizing what another one, and it's not one that's just imposed there. The, by the mind, always just psychologically fulfilling. The goal is that it is in a sense, biologically unitive, so that the biological parents stay together and so that the child survives. Um, so, um, and then ultimately reproduces himself, because that's what you could reasonably claim the goal of biological reproduction is to perpetually reproduce. Um, so I think that whilst... In a way, it looks, you can see, I can see why one would think contraception is dodgy. Uh, I think in the context of uh, attempting to have many children, uh, contraception on certain occasions doesn't seem unreasonable. Um, um, but I, I, I it, it, it isn't as straightforward as some sort of evangelical Protestants would make out, I would say. My initial comment back would just say, it, it, uh, is that um, 
then abortion isn't is, is is abortion is just abortion just seems to, to be like a form of and this, again this is this is where things get verboten is people like Margaret Sanger and Richard Spencer would make the case that abortion is just a form of like low impulse control family planning uh, family planning at the end of the near the end of the thing um, where people don't really view that they want to rape. again there are Satanists who want to have abortions and there's also organ harvesters Alex Jones will talk about this other people will talk about this. And so forth, I'm well aware, they have children just so they have the thrill of killing them. Um, but a lot of it just seems like it's just sort of like ersatz family planning. So then it's like, well, if, 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 you know, so I guess a good question is, what would be the ideal number of children you have? Uh, well, it doesn't seem like you can have anything more than 25 per couple, if you're assuming monogamy. Uh, because let's say you start when you're 17 or 16, and, and you know, when you're 41 per year, um, it seems like 25 would be probably the rough max, uh, for one couple here. I'm not talking about polygamy or something like that, but it's just, so, so we did an episode, are children overrated? And I would just make the case that, yeah, at some point children are overrated. Uh, now again, there's a certain line of humanism and, you know, again, it's sort of ironic and sometimes the pro-life movement will post these memes and you, you, you sent one of me like, you know, uh, you know, you know, they are killing children, you know, but then again, it's like, well, it seems like with contraception, you're just preventing children from forming versus killing children right before they, or at like day one of, of like zygote stage or something like that. Uh, again, natural abortions don't really seem to pose a problem any more than like children dying in, uh, because they were breached or something like that, which was fairly common historically, huge numbers of children probably died and mothers died in childbirth. So that, that would just go under the category of natural evil here. Again, just, it's more like a hurricane or like, um, an earthquake. You know, again, you could, you could, you could blame the earthquake because, well, you didn't, you didn't have good building, you didn't have good building materials or something like that. You know, there's ways you could humanize the natural evils in the world. And, the, but with, 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 I mean, one positive use, for example, of natural family planning, and see, this is where, you know, God, in a sense, if he does exist, is damned if he does and damned if he don't. You know, one positive use of natural family planning is actually, if you're struggling to create children, actually, again, if you look at pastors uh, or psycho, psych, psychologists who have to counsel people, counselors, that's a, that's a frustration for many people here. Um, and um, in that instance, you, if you only have sex when you are fertile, you're trying to create children. You see, you're not doing it, so to speak. You're not. You're not successfully successfully doing it here. Now, again, that I would just classify that as natural evil or natural incompetence. You know, just because you know you have some disability or some inability, to do something doesn't make that's the general thing. Again, then then teleology as a as a thing does is actually false because not all women and not all men. There's a certain amount of pair bond groups of people that you could pair together that are technically infertile. Again, purposely making yourself infertile seems to be, again, if that's okay, then my next question is then why not just say abortion's okay? Uh, what this reminds me of is the difference between wage slavery and chattel slavery. There's a clear relationship between the two, and Noam Chomsky was asked once about this, and then he brought the Southern argument for slavery here. We did an episode on wage slavery, and some people were like, you, you that commandant, like, ah, read, there's no similarity between this. Well, if you don't have enough choices in jobs because the government or various other entities make it impossible for you to get a job, then in a sense, yeah, because you're taking a bad job that you otherwise wouldn't have taken in a 
more ideal circumstances, in a sense, is like slavery here. And then you could reevaluate position on slavery. Well, actually, I mean, you know, you could then you could then you start saying positive things, and then you get to the southern argument for slavery here, um, which is what one of the things Chomsky was making here about with respect to the uh, um, uh, which the thing there. So that's that's in a, in a sense what I'm doing here here with this episode here, because as a libertarian, a lot of times the paleocons, and this is why I think it one of the peripheral reasons I'm doing this is, is libertarians at times, particularly people like Walter Block, as well as others, get accused of being, you know, child murderers here for being on the fence about abortion. I've always been somewhat on the fence about abortion here. But, I, you know, I, when someone like Ray Comfort or some of these Protestant evangelicals do really good arguments or propaganda, depending on what you want to say, against, you know, the things against abortion, I think, and abortion, yeah, I think, wow, they're making a really good humanistic, persuasive case. I mean, I wouldn't recommend people getting abortions here. And again, if you, you, you one argument to think it's murder is, like, ask someone who's relatively well-off, and they had a quote-unquote accident here, in the sense that they, you know, uh, were being a little sloppy here, and they had a, their fourth child. And, you know, there's a little younger here. Um, you ask them, are you going to have abortion? They probably will be look at you with a look of horror. They probably will. And I think that's because they know that they could potentially raise you into adulthood, you know. Uh, so they, they, in that sense, they think it. Um, but my, my pushback here, and I think the pro-life movement goes this direction if they follow the argument seriously. I'm, I just think you're making a distinction without a difference here. You're really obsessing over that little difference because like you know if you're in a productive stable family other you know what's going to happen we're not savages we're if you're purposely frustrating at things uh it just it just seems like a distinction without much difference here you know you could imagine yourself having more children yet you don't here uh, again it's a radical position but you know it, is it a true position here now you could just turn around and say well this position is untenable but then again, I just think you have to reevaluate other positions if you think that position is untenable, because because if you look at the statistics of abortion, it, it's that 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 might be a disagreement I have. And again, I go back to my libertarianism. Libertarianism is somewhat structurally agnostic on this question here, and that's my question here. So somewhat of this is a, sort of a defense by offense here. Uh, that's that that would be a crass way to describe what I'm trying to do here. So so then, what are your comments on me here here? Again, there's an empirical question over who gets abortions and for what reason. But then there's, again, there's also an empirical question of, like, who uses contraception and who doesn't and for what reasons. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that needs to be looked into. You know, if you just view it as intent, preventing children that you don't want to have. So let's say you wanted to have six children, but then you got the seventh child. I mean, again, again, obviously, if you had five children, or let's say six children, and then you got sex toplets or something like at the end. You wouldn't say, ah, oh, just kill five of them, keep one of them. I mean, that would be a strange position. But, like, you know, I think the question of is murder wrong or the ad hominem episode, you made an interesting joke at the end. And that's like, well, you know, maybe I should treat my mother like that. Maybe that is the logical way to treat my mother. Um, like, there's a certain sense in which, you know, people's inconsistency here actually allows people to have children in a way that if you took the took their arguments seriously, they would... They just end up, you know, treating everyone poorly or murdering more people. So I do think there's a kind of idiosyncratic 
Like maybe, maybe we shouldn't want people to be consistent here, but I, I don't know. So then what do you make of this? I think you're right that some, a lot of, well, not a lot, well, I don't know the proportions, but many people seem to use um, abortion as a form of contraception, as like after, after conception contraception, as it were, although it's not, or birth control probably is more accurate. I think that's certainly true. Um, the problem, though, going down the line of saying that, oh, it's analogous to murder, is because then you just push it back even further and say anything that um, any decision that people make about the surrounding environment, which might reduce uh, the population somehow, uh, is uh, sorry, when I say reduce the population, I mean not reduce it, but uh, conditions in which it would make it more difficult to. Uh, to have more children, for instance, um, is kind of analogous to murder, which seems odd that, oh, because you didn't, um, suppose you wouldn't sell something that might make a woman more fertile to someone because they couldn't afford the price, that somehow you've murdered the child that doesn't exist. Um I mean, if you're going down that line, I think you could push back further and further and further and then basically just say, oh, well, we got a problem of evil situation. Um, as reiterated, I said before, there is a clear difference between sperm and egg and the zygote. The zygote has all the DNA read, uh, required to become a, 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 mature, um, a mature human uh, adult and does not require, and, and that is built in, it is a separate substance in a way that sperm and eggs aren't. So I, I think there is a categorical uh, difference there. But I would agree with you that if you have a situation where your your goal is to um, use your sex organs in such a way that you always attempt to not have children, that would be a misuse of them, that would seem to be the case, and I would also say that that's the case with someone engaging natural family planning. Um, natural natural family planning, because you know that their goal is never to have any children, uh, which would clearly be what the sex organs are not directed toward doing, and you're using them contrary to their purpose. Um, as I said, I, I think you can make a case insofar as you have children or you intend to have them on a reasonable number, that contraceptive sex isn't contrary to that because of the reasons I outlined earlier. Um, so I... I, 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 don't, I don't want to dominate the conversations too much here, but I do want to quickly respond to your comment about like the, the maximalizing, human maximalizing claim here. Oftentimes when socialists argue like, free healthcare for all, or you have a right to healthcare. Jimmy Dore will make that claim that he has a right to MRI. I think, well, do you have a right? If you look at how you make an MRI, you, know, you need like rare earth minerals from Nigeria, I think, or something like that, or Brazil. So like, you know, I think like, well, then you need a Navy to bring them in. And then you need all these other things. Or like, and, and also in COVID lockdowns, you had the necessary versus unnecessary job distinction here. Like, like I think like it seems like, you're correct to say then that, you know, anything that inhibits human flourishing is a like murder. Okay. But the, the most concrete example is you killing a 40, someone killing a 40 year old guy in cold blood. Again, not like anything else, not like assassination or, you know, 
political motivated because you, you really ask the assassinator they're doing it for their good you know you know someone who assassinated lincoln you know you ask him well he was a tyrant and we're killing tyrants so that's actually a good aim that's not really a negative aim here but murder murder and to use the whoopie goldberg thing whoopie goldberg thing like that that's that's that seems to be the thing here and like these other things like when 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 the socialists argue that like i mean that that's one reason why i'm not a socialist for example because, like, I can make an argument that, like, uh, like having good national parks, if you don't have good national parks, my mental health will suffer and I'll kill myself. Or I might start killing my neighbors here if you don't have good parks. Now, do I think if you prevent parks from forming or good hiking trails from forming, are you a murderer? Well, I do think you're cutting down human and flourishing by doing that. Um, so it could be the case that any act that doesn't promote human flourishing is a kind of murder or murder adjacent thing uh but then you just have a distinction of the the, the types so so maybe my position is too extreme here but then i just say there's a lot of other positions about that that are also extreme. i don't want to dominate the conversation too much here but that that would be my response to that here with respect to this i mean for now the law is again as you say the law is schizophrenic i i totally agree with that um uh, but i would also say lots of things are schizophrenic here, but that shouldn't stop us trying to think of what a clear position or a clear hypothetical position, because the pro-life movement is going, to me, the pro-life movement is going to win victories. It's one, in certain jurisdictions, I think it's definitely going to win victories. And, you know, as we see with most uh, social movements, they don't go away. I mean, they'll go after other things here. Uh, You know, like the suffragists got the right to vote and then they went for alcohol or something like that. You know, these, the movements aren't going away. And I think contraception, you know, some, there are people who do think this kind of seemingly extreme position. That'd be my, that'd be my pushback. Is anything that like cuts down human flourishing murder adjacent here? Swithin, what would you say well, to that? If you're not going to take that, the, the position that an actually existing human is categorically different from a non-existent human, well, then, from given your position, then we just say, well, the murder is fine. Um, you kill the adults, so what? I mean, it's like killing the... It's like it's just like preventing uh, the sperm and egg getting together. So, you know, not really much of an issue. So you could, you could go the other way and just say, well, you know, murder's fine. Uh, get on, on, on the basis you're going. So, I'm, so to avoid that conclusion, I think, as I say, I'm just applying the uh, criteria that uh, you would use to determine any other biological substance. You know, when is a dog in existence? When is a cat in existence? It'd be the, basically the same criteria uh, based on the different species or breed. Um, so I, I don't think my position is hugely radical um, in, in that respect. But I would agree, you know, the ethics of contraception and the number of children is another um, interesting one. I mean, just to note, with the, even, with, even with the quiverful movements, etc., ex- I don't know if they attempt, like, genuine fertility maximization, because they'll, there might be times where, oh, they decide not to have sex, but they could have done, uh, and then could have had a child earlier, which then may have increased the theoretical maximum that they could have had. And insofar as they didn't do that, is that bad? Um, well, probably not. Um, so I think when you get beyond... So I think there are a few issues here. The one is, when do humans come into existence? 
Um, second is the ethics of contraception. And third is what is sort of like an optimal population or what is an optimal number of children to attempt for. Um, because I think the, 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 they are three distinct topics, but they are related. Um, especially if you take my argument for the bonding of the parents as the goal of, of uh, raising the child, that there's um, an argument that, well, we should have um, like an optimal number of children as such. And this would be the best for growing the species and also um, and, and um, also using the resources well. Um, although it's interesting, as soon as you ever type in anything, an optimal population, you always get the groups of people who want to reduce the world's population, which for economic reasons doesn't seem to make a huge amount of sense because you end up having lots of dependence on people who are productive. So instead of having loads of children dependent on their parents, you have lots of old people depending on the workforce. And even that's true in the absence of a welfare state. Um, whilst they may not be um, taking taxation money, I mean, it, it's not really an ideal situation for your population basically to end up, or your, your, your society to reduce in size. Um, now, with, with optimal population, if you do look at like historic birth rates, they're a lot higher, but the infant mortality and mortality rate prior to uh, giving birth was a lot um, a lot higher. So, I mean, you're looking at the estimated fertility rates um, in the UK from the mid-16th century until the early 18th century. It's between four and five. Um and you get to the 19th century, it's kind of similar, but the population rockets in the 19th century. Why? Because mortality rates fell. Um, so the then. Wouldn't, uh, quick interruption here. Wouldn't you argue that, though, that yeah. wouldn't you argue that is a good thing, though, yeah. that the mortality yeah. rates fell? Yeah, I would. So then, so then in this recently, mortality rates continue to fall yet people haven't just been engaging in lots of non-productive sexual reproduction um wouldn't you then argue then that's a kind of like a hypothetical a hypothetical tragedy that has happened wouldn't you make that claim would you make that claim i would make the claim that um you do up until a point but not because you've killed somebody because they didn't exist, so you can't kill them, but rather the society is less good than it otherwise would be if the population was higher. Now, I don't necessarily think that it would be best if the average number of children per woman was 20, for instance. I don't think that necessarily follows. Um, I think given that we have... Uh, relative significantly higher levels of kind of scarcity than you would have in uh, say the Garden of Eden for instance um, that um, having I mean, if, you, if, if, if whatever you think that was or taking the evolutionary point you needed to have lots of conceptions to increase the population or at least to maintain it over time because the mortality rate was so high 
I mean, if you look at some estimates, and obviously there's not much great data on this, but if you look at the estimates of population in the UK, I mean, is this UK or England? I'm not sure. Um, the population between like 1100 and 1300 prior to the Black Death um, kind of doubles over 200 years, which I think means effectively like a sub an equivalent today of a birth rate of around, I think it's about 2.7, something like that, uh, to, to grow at that rate over 300 years. Although it may be higher because it's starting with a lower base. The mass gets a little bit complicated. So whilst we've been in a situation previously whereby biology is directing us towards, you've got to keep pumping them out because just in case they die. Um, in the situation where um, you have better medical technology and standards of living, then that's not necessarily needed. Uh, so I, I think really uh, what's needed is a conception of sort of optimal population. Um, and I say even that's even the case, I would say, with the sort of the Catholic position, because if you grant that you could do natural family planning perfectly, well, then you could always have no children. So then the question is, well, how many? Um which is an interesting question. Uh, I mean, high, higher population is good for war. Uh, higher population allows greater division of labor. Um, now, uh, having too high a population can have a, a strain on the uh, food supply, as Malthus would say. Although, apparently, I came across something saying that Malthus was actually very opposed to contraception, interestingly. Um, although, I didn't read it in great detail, but I thought that was an interesting um aside um so the, there are definite benefits of the population sort of going up but then the question is well, well by how how quickly do you want it to go up um i think I mean, it, it could well be possible that the optimum um number is is six i, mean, I suppose that's possible i don't know uh, but i think again taking like a local information situation it's going to be down to the individuals in question to go okay what is in our interest as a family to to flourish as a family with that as well as taking into account um it's kind of how this impacts sort of um society as a whole um now you could say well the best thing to do is have no children which is the position that is sort of currently kind of popular to a large extent. Um, but in a sense, I think that's against your interest. But again, you, you, you'll, you'll get, I mean, the, the big thing here then is sort of feminism amongst other things. And, you know, what is, what is a good life? I mean, I suppose that's what you're going to get to as well. But insofar as um, you take more of a general conception than I would do, then you, we're going to want a birth rate which is over 2.1 and playing around with some of the numbers israel seems pretty decent at 2.8 which would be the case if you had each woman had three children on average uh and 95 percent of women were married which was the case in like 1940 which probably seems a reasonable thing that would happen if it was the case that out of wedlock births didn't happen or if they were very minimal uh, so i so i say i think there's three issues there's um when do humans come into existence? Ethics of contraception, and how many children should you have? Um, I think those are three things. I, I want to hit the first. The what was your first claim? 
the, three, three issues. issues. Um, when do humans come into existence? Second, uh, the ethics of contraception, and then how many children should you have? Which are all three related questions. Well, I will say that with respect to the ethics of contraception here, I mean, there's plenty of people who argue that contraception is a positive good. Uh, again, anyone who uses it, for example, seemingly to argue against it is doing a performative contradiction here. Although you can still do, you can still hold that thing to be theoretically wrong, yet do it. So um, then I would just say that, and again, I think it's an empirical question then, what do most people who are having abortion intend to do? Well, they're just intending, because they don't, again, there are Satanists and other groups, blood organ harvesters, blah, blah, blah. I do agree. But, you know, a lot of them seem to be like just, you know, people who don't have their life in order. And, you know, so then he asked, well, they'll make the claim that, you know, well, this child will just be a criminal or this child will just be raised in a poor environment. And then, then, well, if that argument is true, then like, you know, it, it then what, what's the difference when you have a Christian couple said, well, a- after any more than six children, I just can't afford to have any more than six children because it will cut into my uh, lifestyle I'm having, you know, uh, I, I just don't see that as much of a difference here. Uh, again, you could try to get, you could try to use sort of reasoning what, to what, say, well, what if, what if, what if that couple was just engaged in natural family planning, which they knew would hundred percent work? Would your position alter in that case? No, no. I mean, again, this is where, this is where like autistically being pure in your reasoning would just lead you like, like to, to me, the spirit of the law is important here in the sense that like, like if I, if I drove a car and knew you were going to cross the street um, and I could get away with it, that you were purposely step out on the street at this time. And I, I knew you were going to do that. Uh, that you, I knew you every day you um, would cross the street and you didn't look, you know, I don't know, you were looking at your phone or something like that. And I did it. I knew that knowledge. I would say that like, because I know that again, no one else knows my thoughts there. So you can't, you know, this is where the privacy thing comes in. Uh, if my intention is to do that, then I then I more or less merge you. So, like to me, natural family planning is just like it's just like people trying to create spurious reasons to justify their position. Again, if if family planning is a good thing, then great, do it. Again, there are arguments against abort, abortion pills for women, as well as certain procedures done for men. Like like plenty of women seem to have um, uh, like hormonal problems. Again, I'm not not a health expert here. Although we don't, you know, trust health experts, but plenty of like the pills women take, they might have negative side effects here. Uh, so like there might be actually good arguments for using natural family planning over more, uh, over like uh, pharmaceutical family planning and so forth here. Uh, uh, I, will, I will make that claim here. So the natural family planning to me is just like a spirit of law versus legal like, like, like law of the law here. Like there's other ways to murder people and get away with it in that sense here. Do you think there is a categorical difference between a human and a non-human? What would mean a non-human? Well, um, a non-human like, like, would be like, an animal. Like, 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 or, yeah, I mean, I do agree there's a difference. Or, 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 or are the bones of a human actually a human? Or is it just a the the bones of a human that used to exist or is it okay i mean i do obviously think there's a difference between a table and a human or a plane and a human i i do think that's that's a difference here uh uh is there a difference between someone in the grave uh not i don't i don't really think that although although if you went and killed if you went and robbed 
my family's graveyard plots. I, I would view you as morally dodgy here, but then again, I would just make that a propertarian claim uh, with respect to like, but I do think there's a difference between someone's bones and someone's, um, you know, like once they die, like, you know, the, 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 the worms, and unless you, unless you mummify or something like, like, you know, just sort of decay and fall apart. So I do agree there's a difference here. Um, but I would also just say, well, there's a difference between adult, a five-year-old child, a one-year-old child, a fetus and a potential fetus. Um, there, you know, and in this sense, I mean, I've done a lot of like research into pro-life movement and debates and things like that. And I, I'm, like, I find like I find like when someone like um, Jeff Durbin stands outside of an abortion clinic and gets convinces someone not to have an abortion and have their child, like that's a t- that's a heartwarming story. That's that's great. I mean, if children are good and they're going to have a child, that's a that's a great marketing pitch. I think you know the children are good, humans are good. You know, we should we should laugh at the climate change people who don't want to have children because you know, uh, you know, one more child's gonna be enough, one more rich polluter or something like that. So like like if you make the claim that like like that's a potential life that could have happened that didn't happen. Um, so it just I'm I'm just pushing it. You know, in some way this is a playful argumentation too, but like in some sense it's it's deadly it's deadly serious here uh, because I do think that civilization will react. And I think you more or less agree with me on the empirical data. Eventually we're going to have hit a, a trough point. And on the other side of the trough point is like, we're going to be only selecting for hyper fertile uh, people, both culturally as well as genetically. So I, I, I do think this argument, although it seems ridiculous for many people now, I don't see what, what's wrong with saying like you could potentially have a bigger family and if you potentially didn't have that family, you didn't potentially maximize your 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 happiness. I I don't like as far as like should single are single people harming the social good? Um, I do think. I mean, I took a trip to Canada, Montreal, and one of the things that they said, I took a tour of the cathedral, and they said like you know if the if the families weren't having children um, every year, they 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 were sort of shamed. Um, you know, like, and then people talk, well, shame is bad. Well, like if I murdered your family and you, and you and your friends shamed me, didn't want to talk to me. Well, that's actually a useful use of shame. Like, so, I mean, again, shame has its uses in my opinion. So like, like, I mean, I do think that at a certain point, you know, if you're on a deserted island and you have, you know, like it's, it's, it's at some, at some point, you know, failing to meet an obligation you know, if, if, if indeed positive obligations do exist, does meet that criteria. And I will say that non-productive sex, I mean, Slavoj Zizek once provocatively pointed out that, like, marriage is basically a, a form of prostitution in a certain sense. Like, and again, you get these commentators that actually, in an implicit way, agree with that, too. So, like, non-productive sex ends up looking like masturbation, too. And we've discussed this with Roger Scruton and others, and Giles Frazier. So I do think there's a lot of issues surrounding it um, aren't, aren't very clear. So again, this is a hypothetical imperative here uh, in the sense that like, I, I, but, but I, I think the hypothetical imperative might come real here, or at least, or at least you get the inklings of its, its realness. It's a modern problem because of modern technology here. 
you know, if, if children are just dying because, you know, for natural reasons here, then that's sort of like an easy way out. But like, if you ask a mother whose child who just died because they died in, you know, of whatever, some infant disease, you wouldn't say, oh, well, well, you know, in order to get six, you have to let 12, 10 die. I mean, wouldn't it be better, you know? So then you have to ask the question, you know, what's the difference between, if, if, you, have, if you have to have 18 attempts to get six children versus having just six for six, like what, what is the optimal thing here? Uh, so that, that'd be my like final comment. We're, we're starting to approach the hour mark. Um, I don't want to make this too, too extended unless you have more, more comments here. I do think there's a relationship between the two. Um, I, I, I would just argue it's an arbitrary, I would just argue it's an arbitrary distinction. You know, like when does life begin? I, I don't know. I mean, I do think an adult human who's fully educated or fully has a trade or some sort of skill. Like, I mean, I, I think that like the Randians will get attacked. Like for example, the Randians, you know, like you put uh, all your time into helping a handicapped or whatever politically correct term you want your child versus putting, putting the same amount of time into a five children who are going to become engineers, doctors, piano makers, musicians, like, 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 I don't know, that's a good question. I mean, in a super abundant society, we should do both. But to go back to scarcity, we can't always choose both. Sometimes you have to make choice A or choice B, unless you want to just say, well, things are miraculous things can happen. But if miraculous things can happen, then why not just go for the 25 norm of the thing? So we do have to make, like, like I'd say Faustian decisions here. But I would say that the ethics of birth control and contraception are dodgy. Uh, and I, I, I just would just push to apply them consistently. I remain a libertarian and fortunately society for better or for worse thinks both many areas think birth control is fine and many areas think abortion is fine. Again, I, I, anytime, like, I mean, I, I think it's great when people go out to the, those clinics and, you know, like, you know, tell people not to do it. But then, then to me, the next question is, is if you could have more children, why aren't you having more children? And I mean, you're honest, I will say something, you're honest enough in our Why Do People Have Children episode to recognize the implicit claim in there. Like, I have zero children. Um, I currently don't desire to have any children. But then again, that's sort of economic reasons. And to go back to the shame point, like, I do in some sense, like, feel, you know, like, like my grandmother, what, you know, was sort of like, what, before she died, was, you know, I was sort of annoyed that I wasn't married or actively searching to get married like so like is that shame is that quote unquote annoyanceness well you know you know she could have had more children and then she'd have more attempts she had more room for screw-ups i mean that's one feature of having children like tyler cowan made the comment in an interview that like had italian intellectual and he said that the two-person italian family doesn't work because you need to have like at least six children because one of them was going to always screw up. So, or at least half of them are going to screw up. So that's my, that's my claim. I think we should reevaluate large family norms. That would be my claim. I I don't have any more comments here. If you want to have more comments, please do. I I do think this is an interesting topic as well. So even even if it's crazy. Do you think your position would change if you could definitively say when a human begins and when it doesn't? Uh, do you think I would change it definitively? Uh, well, I would just say that, I would just say that, 
I mean, Edmund Burke, I think, has the claim that society is a compact between the living, the unborn, and the dead here, and the dead vote by tradition. I think that's G.K. Chesterton's claim. Um, so, like, you know, like, like I, I would say that, like, you know, someone like Thomas Aquinas or, Aquinas or Plato or whomever still sort of a sense exists in idea form. Um, um, so, like, like, you know, when people ask, like, when does a person begin... Like okay. I do think, do I do think like a one-year-old child in some sense who doesn't know language. If you lock a one-year-old child and they don't form language, they're in some sense. Again, this sounds barbaric, but if you're being clear about it, there is some sense a handicapped person is. You know, like like you wouldn't want to marry a handicapped person. You would like not, not like handicapped like they have like they can't walk, but like as in like they can't have a conversation. Like it would be pointless to have this conversation with an actual person with Asperger's or some disease like would you agree well, well yes it would be... yeah yeah but the, the question then is but are they human I don't I mean, know I mean, they're clearly not um, no no but so irrespective of whether you know they are or not if you had a clear conception of this is human this is not human would your position on the on the dodginess of um contraception and it being sort of equivalent to murder would you think that that would you, your fears would be laid if you could go human not human with a categorical uh, at least metaphysically different even though epistemologically it might be difficult to tell i think it'd be i think it'd be epistemologically difficult to tell no 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 even, even if it was but even if it was metaphysically suppose in principle you could recognize the distinction between human and non-human would it change your position I don't. I don't know what the objection is seeking to. Um, the question is seeking to. It seems to me understand. that because you, you're agnostic and when a human being exists, it's why you can extend it into the past, prior to their actual existence, and this is how you can make the claim that uh, uh, contraception is analogously murder. So my claim is, well, hang on. I think I have a very simple response to this. I go categorically, that's human. This is the reason why, uh, which I think is a non-arbitrary point. So I can go well murder not murder and the situation is very different because we actually have a human in existence which has natural rights etc except and things and so therefore needs to be respected as an individual human but if the human doesn't exist well there's no human to respect so if you can have a categorical difference would it make a difference on your position mm, um probably not i would i why not? Well, I've yet to see I've yet to see a categorical difference be made here. I would just it's, I, I, it's, I did. I said I said human the the zygote has a DNA structure which is directed towards becoming an adult human, which is different than a sperm and egg, which are not an individual substance uh, in the same sense and the same directions towards a human. You have to have this external fact and and only once the you, you have the first dna structure do you have a separate being and they say this is true so when they biological items when the two things combine at that point yes um it but becomes it, even, if, even if you thought that was false supposing my position was true that it, that it does would it change your position i have no idea uh i i would just say i would say it's like the difference between the ball like you have the two things on top of a hill at, at down there, the the two things are going to crash into each other. That's the zygote. That's the uh, sperm and the egg. 
Uh, I'm just looking at the top of the hill. You're looking at the bottom of the hill when they form. Like if someone built a dam up there to prevent them to be forming versus someone um, um, uh, like, you know, they do form and they do and then like kill them like on day 30. Uh, I just I just think that if you look backward into time, it's it's the same. It's a similar enough thing here. And then the reason I keep go going on about when does a person form is, you know, like the secular thinkers can't really come up with a clear answer here. So, so one, one, one extreme position to say, well, it begins, you look back into time when people, you know, like, do you, th do you think a person like what, when, when would you, of course you, you think a person begins when the, the zygote, when the sperm and egg meet, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's clear. There's clearly different human biological substance at that point. Yes. Okay. So, so if you, like, again, you, you also agree that with respect to knowledge here, like, like if humans are rational creatures, you know, we're not doing this out of, I mean, instinct might play some role in it, you know, like, but like, you do agree that like, we're not, like, we seem to know how the process works. Again, like, as a kid, funny enough, as a quick aside, I didn't, being from a moderately good Christian household, I don't mean to diss my parents here or anything like that. I didn't know how children was formed. I thought like, no, I'm not joking about this sounds embarrassing, but I thought like con creation happened because if a parents loved each other, God would interject the child into the womb. That's really like, I can't remember my thoughts when I was like nine but, or eight, but that's how I thought children were formed. That sounds embarrassing, but I, it's actually quaint in a sense. I'm probably not the only one who thinks analogous thoughts like that. Um, so like, I guess I just think like if you're preventing... If you're preventing something from forming, versus like I, I just think you're putting too much into the forming the formation date here. There is a, like a pre-work to create the fertile ground, which people are purposely sabotaging. Again, I'm fine with the sabotaging of it. I just would say, well, you have to be more consistent across the board. Now, I, I guess the but only way say, out. But would you, but would you say then that is, is being single and being celibate sabotaging? Uh, well, I would say. As a particular distinction for within the Christian context, it seems like two of the more important people are single, Paul and Christ. Again, you can get into historical debates whether they are, uh, uh, certain people are or not. Um, I don't, but like, society, like, as I said with shame, society does, and I see, see, I'd say this is correct shame if you're being consistent. Like, if you're ceasing to have children, like in some sense, you know, Unless, like, unless you're like a monk in a monastery, or it's like something like that, or doing some great work, you are, in some sense, um, if children are a virtue and so forth, then I would say you are failing to meet some obligation. I, that that would be my that would be my logical argument here in, in social terms here. Uh, and the pro life movement, like people like Doug Wilson, will make that claim here. There's plenty of people will make that claim here, that people are better off with children than without children. Um, um, now, again, this could be selection effects, too. Uh, so I, I, I see your argument that there's a sort of, like, there is a hard cutoff date here. But sort of, like, I just want to, like, I just sort of want to push it, I just sort of want to push, push it back on the, uh, the, the, you're putting a lot of emphasis in the, the, the formation date here. And I think, I think it, the the pre-formation, the planning stage to get to that formation seems to matter too. Would you agree? I don't say it's irrelevant, but I think it's categorically different. And as I stated before, one of the purposes 
isn't just sort of a unitive sort of psychological fulfilling the parents position, but it's sexual activity is a way of binding them together on sort of like a biological way using sort of hormonal so that the child is cared for in a way that they otherwise wouldn't. So uh, I, I think that the, that yes, it's true that the sex organs are directed towards procreation, but also the raising of the child as well. My answer would be this. If there was an Encapistan, Tim Patanistan in Encapistan, and I was, I had to set up, again, you could, our laws created or discovered, I would, I would have two positions, either, either contraception and abortion are fine or contraception and abortion is not fine. That would be my, that would be my kind of reasoning here. So like if one's fine, the other's fine. Um, and as far as the other things about cutting down human fine. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, see, yeah, this goes back to the privacy claim, but you can't know every, I mean, it's, it's fine enough, but like, you know, it's not, again, it goes back to like, you know, how do you actually make something illegal? Um, in, in the Kapistan here. Uh, I just, you know, like Hans Hoppe, when asked me these questions, would just say it's a local issue, which I, like, I, in this sense, I do think it's a local issue. It's a very local issue here. Um, but then I would just say many of these things are, you know, like like that also makes the the banning of abortion also a kind of like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I, the banning of abortion is a is a thing that's happened, which is fine. Again, I like I'm not I don't screech when that happens. I I, mean, I think if anything, it's good. Um, but I would also counterintuitively, I would say, think that if 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 some regime banned contraception, that would also be if children indeed are good, um, and there isn't a really hard limit on how many children society or the, the the globe can hold. I mean, then why not? Uh, that that would be my position. If if like, what would your position be in a stateless society? If you were tasked, I mean, you can't. If you were tasked with creating the quote unquote laws in a stateless society, like what? what well, you would just put it at the zygote. Anything after the zygote forming then becomes yeah. a a communal issue, and laws prescribed to that. Again, yeah. I I think that's fair enough. I don't I don't think it's inconsistent. If you want to say that's a hard hard formation date there um but you know if it, like i i like i don't think that like for failing to give up f- failing to give blood or failing to give kidney is murder either but you could think that i mean if, if for example your son needed a kidney okay and you're the only match and you said no thanks and the group shamed you would you think that's would you think their shame is correct yeah, I mean, this shame could be good. I mean, it's mostly shame in doing. Uh, no, no, no objection to shame in principle. Um, I, I, I think that it's been, as I've tried to make clear, my position is that human and non-human, and once it exists, you need to treat them in a particular way. But it doesn't follow from that that we need to have fertility maximization, which clearly is the implication of your position. If which I just don't think follows. Um, and, and as I say, I think we, we need, you, you need a discussion of optimal population. Really. Yeah, I, I would say that you need a discussion of optimal population, but I would say that the, the, that's, that's a hard discussion to have from like that, that, that just becomes like a local question, uh, 
that becomes a somewhat a local question too. Uh, you know, like how much, how many children do you want? Do you think it'd be better off if more people had children? Like, like as far as you could tell, do you think people would be better off if everyone had, if all people had zero children, had one trail, and all people have one extra? Like, I'm gonna make like a, I would like say a, this is like any a uh, com- married couple or common law couple. Uh, male and female would be better if they had children if they didn't, yes. But not if they were single, because there's no obligation do you think, in that case. Do you agree with the Joseph Cotto, you know, and other line, the Freakonomics line? Like, like you talk about natural family and it's a tent. Um, I would, I mean, see me, to me, when I look at the, you know, like, like do you agree that the intent... Do you agree that's mostly just failure to use birth control? Most abortions are just failure to use birth control. Yeah, Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think most of them go out of the way to have a, have children and then kill them. I, I don't. I, that's possible, but no, I mean, they're. Oh well, yeah, there's certain circumstances where that clearly does happen. Yeah, that I, does I, happen. I, I mean, some of them do, but I mean, in most cases, that seems unlikely. It's just, um, oh, went wrong, didn't it? Oh, I bought it. So yeah, no, no, I agree. That that that, that certainly seems to be the, the major motivator. Yes. Do you think utilitarians should be more increased? Like, like, do you think utilitarians should be more about increasing the existence a number of humans? Like, if if humans' existence is good, you think utilitarians should be more uh, fetal? Maybe not maximizes, but not fetal reduce uh, yes, human reducers. I, I would say so, more so. Yeah, I mean, he's a great school for a great number, but more children or more children on average society in the West today is is kind of uh, important. I mean, just an obvious one. I mean, in the absence of very low birth rates, the probability that you're going to get now the, the question arises: what came first? Nevertheless. You're unlikely to get the high level of immigration that you do get, which is clearly destabilizing for various reasons. Now, you could say that's a good thing, but I mean, it does seem to be the case that it's going to alter ways of life and historical, historic ways of, of living and the cohesion of such cultures. And, you know, as Robert Putnam has pointed out, increase in social um, distrust and things, that you're going to want a high enough population growth such that. You at least don't need significant immigration. I mean, some immigration here and there is probably fine, but if you you've, you've got massive amounts, such that it sort of it, it it would be kind of analogous to sort of like adopting like twenty children when you've got three of your own biological ones. It's probably not good. I I would say people's. Um... You know, one of the one of the people I think that might occasionally listen to the show, like, would make the claim that, like, uh, I, I, I don't even want to get into it too much because it's probably too much of a the next step here. But like, your your distinction, I think, lies on the. Uh, I don't want to start a new topic here, but I think your distinction lies on the, the date that's formed, and I would just say my that's that's kind of like it's kind of like an arbitrary. Date. Now you're going to say it's non-arbitrary, but then how does this how does this this this, this decision this disagreement get resolved? We need here? a generalized I mean, one... view of when what things are, what natural objects, if natural objects exist, and say in general in the world around us when we're trying to understand what exists and what doesn't exist, what is one thing and what is not something else. 
So I suppose it's a problem of, um, in a way, the one and the many, um, because you could just say everything is different. You know, there's no sort of commonality or everything is just one and you can go to like the Panentheon sort of position. So I, I, I think you need a, a prior discussion of how do we know one thing is one thing and it's not something else and it's some, and it, it is different on a non-arbitrary level. I think that's Fair part enough. of where you need to go. I, I would just say that if, if there was then just a category distinction between um, you could just, like I said, I, I had said, uh, you could reevaluate your position on abortion, reevaluate your position on, on murder, reevaluate your position on contraception, or reevaluate your position in words. I mean, I would just say in this sense that although I think it's rhetorically useful, uh, there is, there is the, the kind of, the question of like, what's in that woman's stomach question, like, I, I, I do think is is a kind of the question in itself. And then like, you know, how did that thing in the stomach or person in the stomach get there? Um, we know how we got, we know how I got there. Or at least we, we to, 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 the, to as much as we can understand causality, we know how we create it. So then the question is like, you know, like if you're, if you're know how to cause something and you don't cause it, like, I, I think there's a relationship there. You don't. You don't interestingly think there's a, as much. You you think they're related, but you think there's a hard starting point of the project, and that's right there. I would just say that like uh, the the pre stuff is is there. I do think. Do you think that it's logical that it, it, it that there's a potential reactionary to the current society? Like if you look at Handmaid's Sale, there was a Christian react guy who read it, and he actually I never read the book, but he said that like it's actually because no one could have children, so they needed to increase. They had like zero. Like point negative, like that's what the, the, the fictional side. Like there is going to be a reaction if, like again, I, I personally think the third world and the second world will have low birth rates eventually too. Like I don't think, like I don't think they're going to keep their high. Like 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 I think they're going to assimilate for those things too. Um, um I, like that's my personal view uh, on it. So like, do you think there's going to be a reaction to this? And do you think this kind of seemingly extreme position might be the reaction against it? So then. Possibly. Um, I think certainly the problems of um, a low birth rate, the low replacement rate is going to become obvious. Um, and um, I think when people kind of realize that's kind of a problem and they realize, OK, there might be a solution to this other than importing people from overseas from different cultures who have little in common with us, then we might need to re realize we have to increase our own birth rate. I, I think that's possibly true. Um, whether you get into the situation of basically white Sharia is another question. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's certainly um, a possibility. But um, I would say, yeah. Uh, so one final question. Uh, if you, so let's say, let's say someone blew up a, let's say no, no investor would invest any money in any contraception company. Okay. Or almost nobody. And that would drive the price of contraceptions up really high, or at least high enough. And Margaret Sanger Inc. wouldn't do it. Like, would you? And you just made the price of contraception like, let's say they just, you know, they, anything that. Now you could argue that this hypothetical example could happen because the latex to make, you know, condoms or things like that is just. But like, 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 would you? Would that? Would that be? You know, like there are certain ways roundabout, like some sort of like a 
like the Quakers who pioneered this scenario against slavery, um, they just ceased to do any business with them. And actually, some groups have copied this this strategy here. Um, like in Japan, for example, more money is spent on adult diapers than child diapers. So I just think that that like far from there are things a brew here. Like this sounds extreme, but there are things like like I don't think they're as crazy as like some of the feminists think they are. But like I do think there are things ahead that that could happen here. I I just think it's logically at least somewhat related. Or else it's you just need to reevaluate your positions on words too. Um, I do maybe there is the difference between killing. Maybe Peter Singer is correct that there is a difference in potentiality between killing a young child and, and killing a completed adult. Uh, now, I mean, I do. If a ninety-year-old who's had a nice life decides not to get cancer treatment, I mean that that's that's on the other end of the spectrum here. I mean, some Christians and some ethicists think that's kind of like uh, uh, suicide adjacent. I don't think it's suicide adjacent. Interestingly enough, because they've already had a productive, uh, seemingly uh, like I, I, I'm not. I don't think the Canadian government should recommend. Although, although it probably does save them um, 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 some money. So, if you think you know that's the case, you know, uh, if there was, if two people were drowning in the river, uh, my a six-year-old nephew and ninety-nine-year-old grandmother, I'd probably take the. I mean, unless I thought the six-year-old. If the six-year-old was obviously going to drown, I would pick the six-year-old. Again, that's a, you say that's a lifeboat scenario, like falling on um, things. But then you have to make, and sometimes you have to make the kind of like hard, the hard nose choices. Yeah, I would just push the date back into that, failing to create the the, the young child's also problematic too. So I, again, the law is in the Carl Schmidt sense. You'd say the law is schizophrenic. But the law is currently perfectly fine with all the things we mentioned. If anything, it's current existing. I think it's called Hegel looks like the owl Minerva only flies. If anything, if anything, contraceptions far from being banned are free or more than they're like free free. Like in the sense that your tax dollars pay for other people's um, abortions and procedures here too. Uh, uh, so like far from being like so, the current existing order is very contraception friendly. I think you'd obviously agree with that claim. Um, but yeah, that'd be my. I, I enjoyed having the conversation. So don't. I hope. I hope it's not too much of a, of a, of a, crazy position. No, crazy positions are entertaining. Um, that's absolutely fine. Um, let's now like thank everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us on Podbean and on YouTube. The more people. We're getting subscribers, the higher we get in the search rankings, and the more people can access this material. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason at all, please contact us at mindcryingthebitishow at gmail.com. That's mindcryingthebitishow at gmail.com.